You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. Up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! Deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball oh, oh, oh. will never be the same! <laughs> so that now is entered the fray. Oh, 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 and welcome back to Hardwood Radio. Ben, the trade deadline has passed, and geez, it would lackluster. Ah, uh, yeah, it was not great. Um, last year it was completely insane. Uh, 79 players change address <laughs> last year. 79, and I think it's seven or eight percent of the NBA. Uh, but wow. this year there was only seven trades. <laughs> so you could talk like maybe 14, 15 players because well, one of the biggest trades that happened actually was voided too. So yes, let's start with this topic today. That three-team trade that was voided because of a medical failure. Yes, um, basically the Detroit Pistons were on a mission to bolster their bench. So they acquired seven-footer Donatas Motijunas from um, Houston, as well as Marcus Thornton. And they gave, in return, um, Joel Anthony, uh, the Montrealer, uh, the Montreal center player, and um, a first-rounder, top eight protected, because uh, Houston doesn't have his first-rounder this year. I'm not sure who it's going to. I think it's going maybe to Los Angeles, but they don't have their first-rounder. And um, afterwards, the... Um, Afterwards, the um, Sixers have acquired Joel Anthony just to eat uh, his uh, contract, West Lafayette's contract, which I think is $3 million, uh, as well as a second rounder for their effort. And they gave in exchange uh, a guy I cannot even pronounce his name. He's a Nigerian player who never played one second in the NBA. He is so obscure. The last year, he was traded at the trade deadline, also at the JaVale McGee trade. Uh, and I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I learned that this year. I was like, wow, that guy is really obscure. He got, he's a player that got uh, cut from the Iceland, from an Icelandic team. So there's a lot of white guys playing over there. So I'm pretty sure he's never going to see one minute in the NBA. <laughs> uh, one, let's talk about the trade that actually happened. So we had a couple. Uh, we have the Washington Wizards acquiring uh, Marquise Morris. Yes, uh, this basically is the biggest trade that happened. The biggest real, the real, real trade, trade, an actual trade that, that has that happened. happened. Um, it's the only uh, usual suspect. It's the only guy we suspected who could be traded that actually was. Uh, Morris uh, was very dis- uh, disgruntled with the situation in Phoenix since they traded his twin brother after assigning him to a long-term contract. So uh, they traded him to the Washington Wizards against uh, Chris Humphreys. If you guys remember who was married to Kim Kardashian for three days or something. Um, the, the Juan Blair with the, who they have uh, waived since then. And a first round pick. A lot of people have criticized Washington for this trade because they oh, he's acquiring a head case. He's, uh, he's another wayward player in the wayward team. But... I think he's going to help them. Uh, he's, he's, 
the real first starting power forward they had all year. He's a very gritty player. He doesn't have a three ball, but he has a shot. He has a 15-foot shot. He's a very gritty guy. He's going to go for the rebound. He's going to fight for offensive rebounds. He's going to keep plays alive. And especially, he's going to have a very good point guard in John Wall. You know, When you have a point guard that gives you the ball where you want it, um, it's going to it's it's going to boost your career. I think it's a very underrated move by Washington because also they give a first rounder in exchange, and Washington uh, is very bad at drafting. Usually, they drafted John Wall and Bradley Beal, but they are the only two draft picks that really panned out and became uh, good players over the last ten years. So uh, there you go. I think it's a good trade for uh, both parts. A team in the Eastern Conference that is one of the favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference come playoff time. LeBron James in Cleveland. Cleveland acquired Channing Frye. It's not a big name, not as big as maybe fans in Cleveland would have hoped. It's not a grand coup, Blake Griffin style. But uh, what can you tell us about Channing Frye? Um, Channing Frye is basically what you call a stretch four and sometimes a stretch five. He's a big guy who can play uh, center and power forward and shoot threes. He is uh, very. He's getting old right now. He's 30 or 31. He was drafted uh, about 2005 or 2006 by the Knicks. Uh, he is. He is. Um, going to fill the role that Kevin Love used to fill at the beginning of the year while Tyron Lue is going to use Kevin Love for more uh, aggressive offensive uh, ventures. He uh, he was going to play off the bench, I think, at the start or maybe at the five. And he's going to be fed the ball. He's going to be fed open looks all night by uh, Kyrie Irving and by LeBron James. So I think it's a very good perimeter threat. And we'll talk later when we talk about the buyout season. They might yeah. add another one. Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas City. Yes. The teams that Cleveland is a team that is has a great... Uh, they changed coach, but they're still one of the powerhouse in the Eastern yes. Conference. OKC as well. Randy Foy, what can you tell us about him? And he's going to help uh, Kevin Durant and the boys. They uh, acquired Randy Foy from the um, Denver Nuggets against... Uh, DJ Augustine, which was a backup point guard they didn't need anymore, which is very who is very good. Uh, Steve Novak and two second rounders. It's a lot for Randy Foy, and I'm not sure Foy is the answer to their problems. But he's a versatile player. He can uh, defend both point guard and shooting guard. He can play both point guard and shooting guard too. He has a three ball. He's renowned as a clutch shooter. Um, I like this acquisition. I don't think it quite put them over the hump, but um, OKC always had problems with shooting, like especially from the bench. Yeah. Uh, their shooters from the bench are just not getting the job done. Whenever they acquire one, he's not getting the job done either. So I think it's a, it's good. It's going to help them, but it's not it's not a transformative acquisition. None of the acquisitions at the trade deadline was actually. When we talk about OKC in a training online, the interesting factor is they actually have to convince Kevin Durant that they're doing enough for him to come back next year and have a contender type yes. of team and season. Is the Randy Foytra transaction enough or do they still have a lot to do in the offseason before they resign Kevin Durant to convince him that Oklahoma is the team for him coming in the future? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, he's... Um, uh, 
he's the results are going to speak louder than transactions. I think. I think that if they're going to be uh, facing either San Antonio or Golden State in the playoffs, and whatever happens in the series will dictate whatever the the future of Kevin Durant will be. I think they're going to. Uh, uh, they're going if they get blown out of the water. Of course, he's out of it. Of course, he's going to find a way to uh, get closer to his dream of winning a, an NBA championship. I do not think that by any means Randy Foy is a very good, uh, a very good, a very convincing argument. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a Blake Griffin or something. No, he's an old player. He's a guard. He's at the end of his career. No, I don't think so. Uh, speaking of Clippers, and when we saw the Clippers made a trade, the name that came out after was not necessarily the name that we expected. Uh, no. With the situation of Blake Griffin in the doghouse suspended last month, uh, we were expecting a certain movement on this side. But no, Jeff Green has been acquired by the Clippers and Blake Griffin is still there. Well, apparently uh, the rumor was that... Uh, Orlando made a huge push for Blake Griffin. Remember with uh, Kevin, too, we were talking uh, last week about uh, the Tobias move, we cap clearing move for a big superstar to come. Apparently, what they offered the um, Clippers was Nikola Vucevic, who is by far the best player in Orlando's roster. Uh, Aaron Gordon uh, and picks, uh, draft picks for Blake Griffin, which is a very enticing option. It's very... Uh, they needed to think about it, but uh, they eventually said no. So instead of being sellers, they've been buyers, which is a little bit of a desperate move because Jeff Green is an ex-Celtic who did never really pan out as a Celtic and was traded to Memphis last year and never really panned out in Memphis either. He's, um, Bill Simmons' dad on this podcast calls him trick-or-treat because you never know which Jeff Green is going to show up on any given night. Uh, but he's in a good position to succeed in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. He's not a very uh, proeminent player. He doesn't like the spotlight. He doesn't like to be the best player on his team. So he's not going to be the best player on his team. And he's going to he's going to fulfill a need, a urgent need from the Clippers um, right away. And they didn't give much for him. Of course, they did give another first round pick. And the Clippers are all out of first round pick for the next ten years or so. But they gave the guy we got rid of Lance Stephenson's contract, and apparently the Grizzlies really love Lance Stephenson for some reason. I thought that Lance would be out of the league by now <laughs> at that time last, last week, but apparently they love him. They want to they want to pick up his option for next year, so you never know. Where does that leave Blake Griffin? What does that future has in store for Blake Griffin? Will we see a resolution in his case where maybe he's going to come back and, uh, and make amends and say, I'm sorry, guys, and go back to become a dominant force for the LA Clippers on the court? Or will we have no resolution until the offseason, then a package or a trade will happen? So it's all um, rumors and gambles and people talking like, uh, like with their ear to the ground, uh, telling things about Blake Griffin. But the state of this, the, the situation is this following. He's injured right now. His hand is broken. It's still very much broken. It's his shooting hand, so they're not going to uh, hurry him back. And even if he's back before the offseason, he's still going to miss four games because he's suspended. Um, it's Apparently, he is. it has not... 
uh, been over very well with his teammates when he came back. He apologized to Matthias Testi, the uh, trainer who we punched into oblivion. He took like photos with him at the game, which was turned into a meme by basketball fans on Twitter. <laughs> I can just because, imagine. Because they used the word family. They could use hashtag family. And everybody started posting photos of the Godfather when uh, uh, Michael kisses Fred. I was like, family. <laughs> and then he kills him. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I even put mine. I don't know if you ever watched uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, sometimes, yeah. There's, the, there's this scene where uh, uh, Marshall just punches the hell out of his brother to the song Murder Train. And that's what <laughs> I put. Like, I, I put this... Uh, I put this uh, hashtag family with the video of Marshall like beating the shit out of his brother. It was funny. <laughs> nice. But it's not the, the Jeff Green move. Uh, it's a bit of a Hail Mary. I think they might uh, think about uh, blowing the band apart um, come first come June. I would not be surprised if they decide to trade the Blake uh, comes June. And they're going to have much more leverage too. So got to keep an eye for an eye on it. And in the NBA, after the trade, line, trade deadline, comes the buyout season. Yes. And we've seen teams actually announce their intention for the buyout season to a couple of different players. So let's just start by the most of the most prolific name in this list, Anderson Vareo. Yes, um, which is uh, buyout season. Just a quick word because it's very unclear to some fans what it is. After the trade deadlines, the team who don't who still have big contracts that you could not get rid of have two weeks to get rid of them. Uh, if they can, if they can find an agreement to buy the rest of the contract and waive the players, uh, other teams have until March 1st to sign them, put them on their rosters, and uh, uh, put them on their rosters and uh, uh, declare them eligible for the playoffs. So Anderson Varejao. Uh, has been uh, waived by the by the Portland Trailblazers actually because he was traded in the Chinese Fry uh, trade. The Trailblazers just absorbed his contract for the rest of the season, cut him so they don't have to pay him next year, and got a first rounder from Cleveland for the troubles, which is very nice. Which is what all this cap space was for. Uh, and Anderson Virgil signed with the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious because... Can you imagine uh, and put yourself in his shoes? You go from Portland, which is a team that's on the up and up, but it's not the Golden State Warriors. And no. now you're going to become, well, you have a team that is a contender, which you're not going to be a stunning five, but you'll be a bench player that's going to have his time to shine and give a hand to this team. So your situation becomes actually better in the last couple of days. Uh, oh, yeah. And the, the Warriors situation has gotten a lot better. They had uh, Jason Thompson on the team before him. And I was always a big defender of Jason Thompson. I was saying, oh, when he was playing in Sacramento, I was saying, guys, he's big, he's athletic, just give him a good situation, he's going to succeed. And he was traded to Philadelphia, who traded him to Golden State, and Golden State benched him all year. He barely played this year, and it was very intriguing. So I think there's there was a problem with Jason Thompson off-court with his attitude or something. Now they got Anderson Barajao, who is a very brittle player, is a player who gets injured easily, but on limited minutes, he can bring the heat. Like you know, We're talking of a guy who was uh, averaging 14 points and 14 rebounds a couple of years ago before being injured once again and finishing his season. He is very dynamic. He's a 
big, strong player who can fight for the rebound under the rim and save a lot of possessions for the Golden State Warriors. He played 10 minutes in his first game, had three rebounds, one point. It's exactly what is expected of him. He's not going to, he's never going to wow you with his stats, not in Golden State, but he's going to, uh, he's going to make the plays that count when it counts. David Lee has been released by his former team, now assigned by the Mavericks. Yes, uh, David Lee. Uh, the the Celtics have been trying to take a find a taker for David Lee's fifteen million dollars contract all all year long, but nobody wanted to pay that. Nobody. No wonder. No, nobody. Nobody wanted to even as an expiring. Everybody was like, it doesn't make sense. We don't want him on our team. Uh, they waived him, buy, bought him. I think it was eight million left on his contract, and now Dallas, who was aching for competent big guys all season long, despite overachieving. They have him on their roster. Uh, he will give a nice respite to uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He's a guy who can score, who has more than one ways to score around the rim. Uh, so Nowitzki will be able to uh, to save himself and uh, only play a limited amount of minutes until it's time to, for the playoffs. Joe Johnson has been bought out as well. Uh, yes, he's been bought today, I think. Uh, or, or it's, an, it's about uh, it's about to uh, it's about to be uh, announced. But they, they uh, lead the lead contender to score him is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers, who lived and died by the three point line uh, last season, last off season against uh, Golden State, will get a lot better at three point shooting with Joe Johnson. I think he's a bit over the hill. I think that he's. Uh, not going to be a transcendent acquisition, but he's very competent and in a very limited role of getting clutch buckets. I think he can make it work in the Cleveland. I think he makes them more than like more dangerous. Um, Golden State was going to think about it twice uh, before leaving him alone on the perimeter. Yeah, it gives him uh, just ammunitions to counter the fact that if they double triple team LeBron, they'll have more open guys. So. Exactly. Uh, to finish off our highlighted players that either have been bought out or will be bought out in the next couple of days, uh, Lance Stevenson. Um, yeah, this is still unclear. Um, he was acquired by the Grizzlies very much to be bought out, but he played with the Grizzlies one game and he did not do very good. He blew a layup again, which is a crime among NBA players. You don't blow your layup. And he... Apparently, they're talking about picking up his extension next year. I don't know if it's true. It's been the buzz going around on Twitter, but we never know. We never know. He's a very uh, unpredictable player. He's an overachiever. He was a superstar like two years ago, but now he's almost out of the league. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on him. Speaking of buzz on social yes. media and on, well, on the court, Anthony Davis, 59 points. 20 rebounds and 4 assists. Yes, it was Monday, I believe, he did that against the Pistons. Uh, it's It was a legendary performance. I think there's only four guys who uh, did this. Will Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, Chris Webber, and now Anthony Davis. Quite, and, quite, and quite a family of names right there. Anthony Davis belongs to that family of names. The only thing... That makes him uh, different at the, with Chris Webber is that he's not seven foot. Yeah. But he, he has that kind of talent. He has that kind of nose for the basketball. And he needs to play like this a lot more. 
He needs to play with that kind of aggression. He needs to... Almost uh, anger. Like, almost yeah. like, get me that damn ball. Get out of my way. I'm getting that rebound, and I'm dunking it on your face. But he needs to ask for... He needs to demand the ball from his teammates. There's a lot of confusion about who's running what in uh, New Orleans right now. He needs to demand the ball from his teammates and take over games. He took over that game. He did beautifully. He played like an MVP. Like that's an MVP performance, but he was only the MVP for one night. Like he needs, it needs to change him, that performance. It needs to make him uh, what, it, it needs to make him what he needs to be. He needs to be a very angry, dominant, and uh, visceral kind of big man. He cannot coast games like he did all years. To finish the show today, band, as yes. always, we'll talk about our prospect of the week. And this week, somebody that's a little important for us because he's part yes. of the new renewal of Basketball Canada, part of the new yes. generation of players that will take basketball to new heights in this country. Jamal Murray. Yes, yes. Jamal Murray was not supposed to be eligible for a college play this year, but he was so good they overclassed him. So that tells you something about his skill level right there. His pure uh, skill level is very high. He's a very uh, talented scorer. So he was recruited by University of Kentucky, uh, which probably helped the overclassing thing because when Kentucky wants something, usually they get it. Um, but the thing is, Jamal Murray was rumored after torching USA and the Pan Am Games and having, I think, 22 points in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was a lot of buzz that he would be going like three or fourth in the draft, but something weird happened. They started him a point guard in uh, at UK, and everybody got extremely excited about the idea of Jamal Murray dishing the ball and being a being a plus size point guard. He's six foot five, but Jamal Murray is not that very good of a point guard. He he has a hard time making quick decisions, which is uh, vital for a point guard. He has, uh, he's over dribbling the ball. He's very much focused on his own scoring. And so he dropped down the mock drafts and the, uh, the reviewing, uh, the, the recruiting uh, uh, top 10s and top 20s. But I don't know why. Why would you want such a good scorer to pass the ball? Yeah, let him score. <laughs> let him be closer to the net. Let him be actually having a, not the, to, the pressure of controlling the actual game, but just enforce his power to the game. I don't know. Exactly. He's a, if he's a natural shooting guard, he has the size to be a natural shooting guard. He's 6'5". It's perfect. He will not be, uh, he will not have dominant size, but if you look at his actual scoring, he has a very deep three-point shot. He has floaters. He, he can get to the rim. He, he He's very... Um, multi-dimensional uh, offensive player. He can score the ball any way you think of. And uh, I really see him going uh, top 10, maybe top 5. I think somebody's going to shake a chance on that scoring. I could see him in Denver, uh, right next to Emmanuel Moutier, and torching uh, people from long distance. He reminds me of a player I really, really uh, underestimated in the 2009 draft. A guy I was, say, I was saying was lackadaisical, who did, I say, was saying he didn't like contact. A guy named James Harden. <laughs> I, was saying James, I was saying James Harden. I was like, oh, he's J.R. Smith at, a, at his best. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he's very competitive. He doesn't look like he has a fire. And 
you know, I had this deja vu when I was watching <laughs> Jamal Murray tape. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy is waiting to take over a team. He's waiting to be the central point of the offense. So don't sleep on Jamal Murray. He will be, I think, along with Andrew Wiggins, the best Canadian player in the NBA for 10 years or so. Ben, as always, before we let you go, yes, sir. what game interests you in the next couple of days? Well, tonight there's a very special game. That doesn't Golden really State? Special. Golden State is playing uh, Orlando tonight, which is a game that would be meaningless if it was not for the simple fact that Golden State can qualify for the playoffs. <laughs> in February! We're like in February 25, and they can already qualify for the playoffs. They can lose all their games afterwards. If they win this, or if Houston loses to Portland tonight, that can be won. Like that, 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 can, be, uh, that can be scored. I think they're going to win and that Portland is going to lose. So they're going to have like a seventh seed as your assured or something. No, I'm kidding. But uh, they're, they're, they're in basically. They're, it's history in the making. We've never seen this. The 95-96 uh, Bulls had six defeats back uh, at this point um, in uh, their historic years. And uh, right last, uh, last night, the um, Golden State Warriors had a epic battle against the Miami Heat, which they have won in the fourth quarter very uh, narrowly. And they were, they were 51 and 5, and they're going against like uh, barely uh, playoff teams. They're playing again on Saturday against uh, Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on it, and I'll definitely be tuning in. But otherwise, um, the Sacramento Kings are playing a lot this week. Uh, they're always entertaining to me for the wrong reasons, <laughs> because they're a mess, but they're very talented, and they're very like endearing mess. But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about uh, the, the, the interesting games for this week. Until next Tuesday, actually. Thank you very much for joining us once again on Hardwood Radio. Quick shameless plug, facebook.com slash Hardwood Radio. Like our page. Ben takes a lot of care by sharing articles that he loves on this webpage. So go like our Facebook page and tell a friend to like this Facebook page as well. That's your homework for this week. And until, yes, ne sir. And until next time, Ben, enjoy your basketball. Thank you. <laughs> You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com. <laughs>